laid me a little low this morning. It was sometimes people might not understand that just why that does. I can't explain it either, friend. I wish it didn't, but it does. It makes me so weak I can hardly raise up. And I'm not a weakling by a long ways. But <laughs> Well, I hope I never have to use it. Sister, I'd lay on it. She is her too. Brother Joseph said the one that was laying on it last night is sitting in the audience That's tonight. Right. Mm-hmm. What was wrong with the woman? Where <clears throat> is she here? Sister, I testified. She's right there. Oh, that's mighty fine. What was she? Uh, she had been to the Mayo Brothers from the 8th to the 16th of December. Then I sent her home with no or very, very little hope. Nine doctors had examined her, could do nothing for her. And she came down here, her husband was unsaved, and she was carried in here in great pains. And I asked her how she slept last night. She didn't sleep at all, she said. <coughs> she was too happy. <coughs> very kind. I'm grateful for that. This, uh, I haven't picked up any of the recordings yet, because it's not been necessary. Someone suggests... Uh, Maybe what was said to them, and maybe be questioned, and the, the records is given to me, of course. I have a copy of them also. So when I come back over that, sister, I'll rejoice with you. I am already. Uh, whatever he said to you and whatever he did for you, I'm greatly appreciating. Now, being a, may stay a long time up in Chicago this time, I thought it would take it kind of easy to kind of maybe have some nights of speaking and altar calls and see how many can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and see how many can come to the Lord Jesus and, and then have healing service now and then just as the Holy Spirit will lead. So I suppose maybe tonight while I'll speak a little while, whatever the Holy Spirit leads, I don't know even whether my boy, he come and got me a while ago, but I don't know whether he give out any prayer cards and we lost Brother Eckberg and we couldn't find him in the lobby. And we well, were supposed to be waiting for us, and, and so I, I guess someone picked him up beforehand. <laughs> but we're happy altogether to be here. And talking of the sister being so happy she couldn't sleep, well, that's a good way to be. Yeah. How many knows F.S. Bosworth? <laughs> All of you. By the way, he's to be here in a few days, I believe. He's just back from Japan. Godly, saintly old brother. And he has always been a great blessing. I've had him with me for nearly all the meetings I've had. Now, as a teacher, he may not be able to preach like Paul, <laughs> but he, like myself, he tries to catch the heart of the people. Maybe while someone's giving a great forceful message, while someone is sitting in the back of the room enjoying that, but this poor man laying here dying with a cancer. <laughs> He don't care about a forceful message. He wants to know some way out of the trouble he's in. That's the man Billy Bosworth talks to. So I love him. And just to be around the old man is just a blessing. I know he's God's servant. And I, I know that. And just to be around him, I just feel happy when he's around me. Just, I just take him along and meet him. Let him have an afternoon service. And, well, that's it. We just have a... And I, as soon as I leave the platform, if anybody didn't get prayed for, wants to be prayed for, Brother Bosworth's in the harness to do it right then. And he gets a wonderful result. Seventy-eight years old, just as young as he was when he was sixteen. He says, sister, to me one time, I said, Brother Bosworth, how is it that you come about 
uh, after you're so old like this. And uh, I said, how is it that you're so, still so active? He said, you misunderstand, Brother Branham, I'm just a kid living in this old house, he said. <laughs> That's a very good expression. And I was talking to him a few days ago. I said, how are you, Brother Bosworth, after coming back from, from Japan and that great crusade you had down there? I said, Brother Branham, that same old trouble come back to me again. I said, what trouble? I said, just so happy I can't sleep. <laughs> so, you know, he's a very fine old brother. So, I hope when you're 78, you're still having that trouble. Can't sleep for me. <laughs> May the Lord bless you, sister, and all the rest of you that's been healed. Billy sometimes, and some of the other brothers, tries to quote to me. It seems to me like when you go to talking about it, I dream something, but I don't remember just what it was. And it's altogether a subconscious act. It's when man gets out of the way and God takes his place. That's, that's all. You know, God dwelt first in a man called Jesus, and he, through the shedding of his blood, see, the first thing is a blood cell. That's what we all come from. Inside of that blood cell, is a life, and that life is a spirit. And Almighty God went into the womb of this virgin and created around himself a blood cell that brought forth the Son, Christ Jesus. At Calvary, that blood cell was bursted and become a spray. And every man that's born again comes through this spray into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are washed by the blood and become a son of God, co-equal with Jesus in the kingdom. We'll set with him someday there on the throne, and that he that overcometh will set with me on my throne, as I've overcome and set on my Father's throne. What a glorious day that'll be, when we shall see him. Now, tomorrow night, I believe, is the winding up of the service in the tabernacle here, and then we go to the Lane Tech High School. I believe I understood Brother Joseph last night when I was standing there at the door to say there'd be an afternoon service. If the Lord willing, tomorrow night, I want to approach a subject on preaching and also Sunday afternoon. Now, testimonies is marvelous, aren't they? Just as I was coming out of the study just a few moments ago, coming around to them, uh, attractive young lady standing in the room, and she said, don't you remember me? And of course, I've been praying, I just kind of looked up. I said, it seems like I should know you. She said, I was the one in Hammond that was healed. She was an alcoholic. And she was healed. She was called out the best I remember the girl's testimony. She was sitting up in a balcony somewhere. And there was a woman on the platform which was a famous dancer, a dancer to Fred Astaire. And she had went away from God and she'd married a Catholic boy and her home had broke up. She had a little boy by him. And or she's uh, become a dope addict or something. And I know first it was resented, but the Holy Spirit's always right, and it was correctly. And then also, I believe it's the same night, the Holy Spirit reached way up in the balcony of Hammond, Indiana, and told this girl that she was a, an alcoholic. I bet to my memory that's the way it was on the tape, I believe. And tonight, she went out that way, and she probably is in the building somewhere now, probably listening to me. but. She um, had a lovely testimony, and all along we hear from her through the office and so forth. She writes letters and 
send in some tidings once in a while and things like that. Very lovely person. Then, reading the mail this morning, many of you writing letters, I just want to read something here just before we open the Word of God and show you a picture. The person perhaps is here. I will not read all the letter because just what it pertains to the testimony, because part of it might be that something the person said in the letter here want me to pray for somebody that they might not want it told. This is January the 12th. Dear Brother Brown, greeting in the name of our wonderful Lord. When you were here in Chicago, your last revival, I brought a cloth and prayed over it for uh, my granddaughter, who was a cerebral palsy. As I could not get her mother and daddy to church, she, her mother, is an unsaved Catholic. Her father, unsaved also. This baby was five months old, had spent most of its time in the hospital. But finally, I convinced them to put the cloth you had prayed over on the baby, and God almost instantly healed it. She has never been about a hospital since, and is now a lovely, healthy baby. She sends the pictures a little time. Out of thousands, that was here in Chicago. Out of thousands of testimonies the world around, you know, friends, if I had to stand the critics of the world, all the criticism the world says about divine healing, if nowhere in my ministry in these 23 years on the field and these eight years in the revival healing campaign, if nothing had happened but this alone, it would doubly pay me. Someone's happy. A little baby's life who a doctor could not save, nothing could be done. You know what the fevereal policy, policy is. It's gone, unless God helps, you know. And she was instantly healed by the power of Almighty God, a placing on her I'm so thankful. Lady, if you're here, God bless you, the grandmother of the child. I trust that the little baby will always be well and will become a great servant of God. Thank you for your little contribution that was in there. And also, here's a letter here. I won't take time to read it, just quote it to you. Here's a testimony. I just picked these up as I was coming from the room. A young lady who came to the Benton Harbor, Michigan, I believe, meeting or somewhere up above here, and she was born here in Chicago. Well, well, you know, just about, a, about two dozen who's never been in one of the campaigns before, we certainly welcome you, our beloved friends, and love with the Lord Jesus. May his spirit stir you tonight, and your emotions greatly, to love him more and more. Now, this is always fundamentally the correct word of God, the Bible, every bit of it inspired. And it's all God's word. And God is in his word. So if God is in his word, then uh, if you receive the word, you receive God. Right. Now, that is God's plan, God's motive, God's attitude. 
God's love, God's salvation, everything rests in his printed word. And if those words were just like grains of seed that you could pick out and swallow, every one of them would produce just exactly what it says it'll do here. But by faith we receive them. Now, someone asked me some time ago, said, Brother Branham, when those visions come, what is that part of God? I said, that's secondary God's word. If that would say something that wasn't according to this Bible, then it would absolutely be wrong. This is first. And now, this is God. He said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. All the healing then comes from God. He's the one that does the healing. All the divine promises come from God, because it's his word to you and to me. But now, perhaps here's a case that cannot mount up to that spot of faith that would believe. You know what's hard to do? Sometimes we, in our emotions, even try to accept Jesus as Savior. But that don't mean we're saved. You say, well, I believe, so does Satan. That doesn't mean you're saved. When you're saved, then you give a seal of your salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Abraham believed God by faith, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, but God gave him circumcision as a seal or a confirmation of his faith. Faith is right. See, like a, a loaf of bread is worth... Um, is worth ten cents, that say. Well, here's the dime. Well, that's not the loaf of bread, but it's by the ten cents I purchased the bread. So it's by faith that I purchased salvation. Faith is not salvation. Faith purchases salvation. Faith, the dime pays for the loaf of bread, but the dime is not the loaf of bread. <laughs> So you believe God, and God confirms your faith by giving you back what your faith produces. You say, I have faith to be healed. If you have, you're healed. God's obligated to his word. You see it? If you say, I believe, I'm saved, and God gives you the Holy Spirit, you confirm it. Gives you the witness of the Holy Spirit. That's right. In your heart, ever sin passes away, darkness turns to day, and the old man's gone, and a new man's born again. When you, when you really believe. But you say, I believe, and then nothing happens. You go on living the same life. Just simply, I joined church. <laughs> he never accepted it. But when he accepted it, something happened to you. And then you become a new creature. Same thing about divine healing. You say, I believe in divine healing. Well, then you accept it, something happens. If you really believe, something happens. If you don't believe now... My work for the Lord is to try to bring that person up to this level where their faith becomes not negative, but positive. Right. See what I mean? Yeah. Now, the disciples couldn't hardly believe Jesus. He taught so many riddles. He'd teach one way and then back another way and look like he contradicted himself and everything. But they couldn't understand those parables, and, and no one could seem to understand him. Right along towards the last of his ministry in the 15th chapter of St. John, I believe it is, he said, no, now you speak plainly and not by parables. Now we know that you come from God, and we know that no man has to tell you anything. See? Right by this we know that thou hast come from God. Jesus said, Do you now believe? See? 
See, their faith had seen what he had done, and some great revelation made known by the Spirit manifestation. Then their faith was lifted up to this place to receive it. And now we are sure that thou comest from God. Now we believe. No much how much psychology that doesn't mean anything. Or I don't say it doesn't mean anything. Pardon me. I, it helps. Psychology, but it doesn't take the place of reality. That's right. Psychology is something you're thinking of and mentally worked up to, but the reality is God placing back in confirmation of your psychology. It brings faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's actually an evidence, something positive, when it's confirmed to you. And the book of St. John, the third chapter, reading a few verses, listen to this. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for, why do you know it? We know that you're a teacher come from God, yet he was against all the theology. All their teachings, he laid aside and taught the plain truth from God. We know that the teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. That's how they know. Jesus done something that brought their faith up to a place to recognize that he was the Son of God. Now, if the church is only teaching theology, how do you know whether it's right or not? But when God works in that church, bringing the faith up to a place, you know then. That's where with divine healing. Now, the 14th verse is where I wish to speak from for a few moments. And as Moses lifted up the brass serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus talking to this mighty ruler who did not understand. And he was giving the Old Testament as scriptural proof of what he was talking about. Jesus was very fundamental in his doctrine, but it was against their theology of that doctrine. Although in their theology they were very orthodox, they believed in very um, much of believers in what they did believe, but they didn't have it the truth. The scripture says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. It may seem every bit right, but the end there are the ways of death. So we must be sure that we're right. How God knew in all ages that whether it was right or wrong, he vindicated it. He proved it. Not long ago, about two weeks ago, I was talking to a man. And he said, well, as God back in the Old Testament healed the sick, but said in the New Testament he healed the sick, but said now it's, uh, it wasn't so. And I said, you admit that he gave them power to heal the sick? Yes. To his word? Yes. I said, when did the scripture say he took it away from them? No. You, I'm sure you where it comes. No. You know where it was given. Now show me where it was taken away and I'll believe it. But he said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. And the things that I do shall you also. Or I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. Now, Jesus speaking 
and giving them a, 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 a parable, or I would say a prophecy in one way, and another way it was an example. He said, as Moses lifted up the brass serpent in the wilderness. We go back to the children of Israel for a few moments to base our thoughts, and we'll hurry and see what the Holy Spirit will have us to look into. These things are not premeditated. I just come here and read the scriptures. That's wherever it goes to, that's where it goes. And I'm thinking now of, of Israel being 400 years in bondage. They had been there for 400 years, and notice this. In this 400 years of bondage, there's not one word written of God doing anything for them for 400 years. Why? The last prophet they had was Joseph. Joseph was a man that was born in the world by God to do certain things and to fulfill the will of God. Gifts and callings are without repentance. You just simply can't push something into somebody that it isn't there to push. Man can't do nothing. God, in his election, has elected before the foundation of the world certain things to happen. That's the reason he can know from the beginning what will be in the ending. For he's already set in order. And it will have to come to that place. Now Joseph, when he was born, was a spiritual man, a prophet, a seer, a dreamer, an interpreter of dreams. Spiritual. He was hated by his brethren, loved of his father, a perfect type of Christ. They hated him without a cause because he was spiritual. And a very, all scripture has a compound meaning, or it runs in cycles. For instance, there are words said in St. Matthew, I believe it was, out of Egypt I have called my son. Now that scripture that Matthew was referring to was really pertaining to Israel. And God said, out of Egypt I have called my son Israel. He had called Israel his son out, but it also meant Jesus. Out of Egypt I have called my son. Right. See how it routines back? The cycle of time swings back ever so often. History repeats itself and scripture repeats itself. Down to the age, any scholar knows that. It's ever studied it from a spiritual standpoint to watch how scripture will repeat itself running cycles like that. It certainly does. Now, Joseph, brethren, Hating him without a cause because he was spiritual is a type of the church so-called today. All different denominations, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, holiness, and altogether despising the former lukewarm members of these churches. Not all of them are. Many of them are born again Christians out of every one of them. But the ones who are just uh, normal, nominal Christians, just professed Christians, that's never been as indicated by God by spiritual revelation, that's the only way that you'll ever know what the real meaning of power and healing and salvation really means. It is a spiritual revelation 
of the will and word of God. You'll never learn it anywhere else, only by revelation. Watch this just a moment if I can leave this text. Back in Genesis, when Abel and Cain both come bringing sacrifice, both of those men were believers. Abel and Cain both were believers. They were not infidels. Cain was not an infidel, not a communist. He was a believer. Well, now, if believing on the Lord is all God requires, he was unjust to condemn Cain when he had just the same faith that Abel did. Faith to worship. Faith to sacrifice. Faith to believe. So the people said, all he has to do is believe. That's all you have to do, but then God has to do something. Notice, of a vindication, Cain worshiped. Cain built him a church, an altar. Cain worshiped at the altar. Cain made a sacrifice. He was just as religious as Abel was. But Cain brought work, fruit, out of the field and laid them on the altar. Now, surely Cain thought that's what brought us out of the Garden of Eden. Fruit. Something that I have to toil and bring back. And now he did it by a natural view, knowing that the tree was a forbidden fruit. So he brought fruit back and laid it on the altar. But Abel, by spiritual revelation, revealed to him by God to his faith that it was not fruit. It was the blood that caused it. So by a spiritual revelation, at the first church buildings that was ever made, the first altars erected, there was the pro and con. Abel, by spiritual revelation, for there was no written word, God revealed to him that it was not the fruits or the works of your hands. He brought blood and offered blood, and it testified for him that he was righteous. Because he was, it was spiritual, revealed to him. Jesus said when he come off the Mount Transfiguration, he says, Who does man say, I the Son of Man am? Some said, Thou art Moses, and some said, You're Elias and the prophet. He said, But who do you say that I am? And Peter, listen, stepping up, said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Notice quickly, Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon, or Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Amen. Watch it. You never learned this at a seminary. You never learned this from man. Paul said it. He didn't come preaching the wisdom of man, but he come preaching the power of Christ. That your faith might not rest upon the wisdom of man, but by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Blessed art thou, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Notice, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Clergymen, my brethren, the Catholic church, you say, he built it on Peter, which was a rock. If he did, he backslid in a few days. Notice, one of them said it was on Christ. No. 
Christ is the Word. Christ is the revelation of God. But he said, flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven, upon the spiritual revelation of Jesus Christ being the Son of God, is where he builds his church and the gates of hell came for him. It wasn't Christ the rock. Now it was Christ the rock in one way. But what he was speaking to Peter, it was the spiritual revealed truth a witness of God that that is the Son of God. Flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven has revealed it to you. The spiritual revelation. You can only receive it as God will permit it. For flesh and blood has not revealed it, but my Father which is in heaven has revealed it to you. Spiritual revelation. So, if you see then those children down there, after the prophet was dead, Joseph, there was no outlet nowhere, and the church was perhaps just as orthodox as it ever was. The days of Moses, 400 years later, they still had their elders and scribes and so forth, just as religious, but nothing. The church laid garbage for all this time. That's the kind of time we've lived in for years. Right. Garment, nothing taking place. But all of a sudden, when the time of the time is through now, God sent down another predestinated creature, foreordained, elected creature, born in the world, and something happened when he was born. His parents knew that he was a child, a proper child of God, so they did not fear Pharaoh's insult. They knew that God had visited the people when he was a baby. See what I mean? It does all the organizing, all the stepping together, all the programs that we have means not as much as a paper thrown on. Unless Almighty God starts it. He is the one who does it. He's the only one who has the keys to do it. God just let man run to the end of the road right now in nations. We got great big boards and, and pentagons and everything else, but it amounts to nothing. God has set the world a time that he'll judge it. And everything will revolve right up to that time. Everything has to work according the way he speaks it in the heavens above. Yes, sir. Now, when Moses came on the scene, he couldn't help being Moses, he was just born a prophet. God sent him down and gave him life on earth, and all the pharaohs in the world couldn't have killed him. He was God's prophet. Then as soon as Moses came in on the scene, phenomenal things began to take place. He was God's prophet for the deliverance. Then as soon as God sent a man, there began to be supernatural things begin to take place. And when the church lays dead for so long, when your church don't have a revival, when the pastor just stands with a cold, cup, dried sermon, when somebody say, Amen, everybody wants to seek and take him out of the building. When you get a church like that, it'll lay dormant. Then... Pray and let God send his man in there once. 
That's what will take place. The revival fires will come back on the altar again. People will be crying out for mercy to their souls. Lives will be straightened up. Healings will take place in the church. Signs and wonders will begin to happen. For where the Creator God is, new creation comes, new life comes, new hope comes. Everything comes when Jesus comes. Always then. Now, let us notice again quickly how on the journey, perfect type of the church today on the journey, how God provided things for him and made a way for him as he went along. Then there come a time where the church began to cool off and they began to speak evil against God and against Moses, complaining. And when they began to cool off, then sickness come into the camp. Fiery serpents came and began to bite the people, and much sickness was in Israel. And many of the people died. Now, Moses went and interceded for them as soon as they made confession as they had done wrong. What we need tonight over this United States is a good old-fashioned confession. Right? Admitting your error. And ask God for mercy. Not just joining church. Not just starting for practice meetings. But have an old-fashioned confession everywhere. Lord, we've done wrong. Close up the bootleg joints. All the houses of ill fame. Six cigarettes off the counter. Let whiskey be sold more. Prove to God that we're sorry for ourselves. Close up the nightclub. Get out on your knees and start praying. That's the way to start a revival. That's right. That's true. Think it over. Look at all the efforts they're putting forth are all in vain. Everything's in vain until you really prove to God that you're sincere about it. That's the way, same way it'll be about your healing. You might just run through this prayer line, run through another prayer line, touch this one, touch that one, send this one, until you get down and prove to God you're sincere. Burn the bridges behind you and say, Here I am, Lord. Something will take place then. Same thing about the Holy Spirit. You say, I've been seeking for the Holy Ghost for years. I'm not scolding you. You're either mistaught or something's wrong or you don't understand. God is under obligation to His Word. Peter said on the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the Scripture, just as clear as I know how to read it. If you repent and are baptized, then God's under obligation, if your faith is right towards God, to give you the Holy Ghost the minute that you obey His Word. Believe that. God will vindicate it to you. If your heart's really right before God, you're taught right and believing it, and walk up there with the assurance, something's going to happen. Because God's more willing to give you the Holy Ghost than you are willing to accept it. Now, let's go just a little farther with it. And now when Moses went and talked to God, said, God, what can I do about this? Watch the Holy Spirit. Quickly. Said, go make a serpent out of brass and put it on a pole and lift it up in the midst of Israel. And it'll come to pass that everyone who looks upon this serpent believes 
will be made well of their diseases. Now, first thing, the breast and the pole, the serpent, his form and everything spoke of Jesus Christ. Jesus talking to Nicodemus said, As Moses lifted up the brass serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up for the same purpose. Now, what was the first thing they done? The first thing the people had did was that they disputed with God. They had sinned. That's the reason that the serpent bit them and the wisdom of the Egyptian doctors that they had with them could not heal the snake by Because it was a divine thing. So now, God knowing if he could get rid of sin, he would get rid of sickness. So he made the serpent, the serpent, the first place represented sin already judged from the Garden of Eden. The serpent that his legs was taken off. The brass represented divine judgment as the brazing altar and the brass skies in the days of, of Elijah when Ahab had ruled the country so long. And the pole represented the cross. Everything represented Christ. Why did he foreshow that? God in the beginning. He was only letting the children of Israel draw interest on what he was going to do. See, in the mind of God, Christ was already crucified. For he was the Lamb praying from the foundation of the world. Back in Eden, Christ in God's thoughts which became his word, had not yet materialized. But he knew it was, for he had promised it. And he let the children of Israel draw interest before the deposit was made. So to show that it was, him knowing what was going to be, he made something here that represented, so through the serpent they could see what was going to happen, and through that they received healing. When they can get rid of sin, you've got to get healing. Oh, my. That makes the Methodist feel good, doesn't it? it. Look, get rid of the cause. And you've got the cure already. Drawing interest. And if God, in his infant mind, Foreknowing it hundreds of years later that Jesus would die on a cross and make sin for us be crucified and let Israel be healed by the phenomenal before Christ was crucified, how much more will he after Christ is crucified? If that was the type, how much more by the antitype? How much greater program have we today than what Moses had? Yep. And yet when Moses come out of the wilderness, there wasn't a feeble one among them. Forty years. Dr. Moses. I imagine if there's a doctor here tonight, you'd like to have some of his prescriptions. <laughs> Led two million people. How many babies is born every night in two million people? How many old people? 
how many cripples, how much sickness among them. And Dr. Moses took care of every one of them and brought them through without one feeble one among them. Why, doctor, you can't even do a family that well. Think of it. Why? Dr. Moses had prescriptions. Would you all like to see what he had for prescription? I'll show you. Let's look into his briefcase. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. That's all prescription he needed. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Put that in your briefcase, doctor. I'll tell you, your patience will get well. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. If the mother was real sick with the baby, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. If the serpent's bit, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Someone broke a leg, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. And if he did that under that covenant, how much greater is the covenant today? If he did that under the type, what will he do under the antitype? You know what I begin to believe, Christian friends, that we're just living in the beginning of the greatest time this world has ever witnessed. I just believe that all of the lines are getting uncogged. You know, clogged up with all kinds of doctrines and theologies and, and all kinds of stuff, unbelief. It's been handed down from generation to generation. All oh, there's no such a thing as healing the days of miracles just passed. We just automatically believe that. But it's come to the place where God, not man, would still be back there in the old formal way. Look how science has progressed in the past 150 years. Think of it. A hundred years ago, the only way they had to send a message was by a letter or by lip to ear. And today they can send it by telephone, telegram, wireless telegram, television. Just think of the way they can send it, how they progress. Think 150 years ago, a French scientist, can't call his name now, he's reading up here not long ago, proved or said he could prove that if the world was turning in the way that they knew it was, and it being 25,000 miles around it, would have to be making more than 1,000 miles per hour, and if a person went the terrific speed of 30 miles an hour, gravitation would take him off the earth. Scientific proof. <laughs> nah. Wonder what he had flying, a balloon? <laughs> Notice. Do you pay attention to that today? You jump in your car and run 100 miles an hour and think nothing about it. Sure. I seen a little, some kind of a little Ford the other day. They said it would go 150 miles an hour. They don't pay attention to what that science said. Because they've progressed. They're splitting an atom. And you know what scientists begin to find? As they're fooling with the elements of the air through atoms, atoms revive on back and break down until it comes to God. Life revolved back to God. Science is proving things now, or they're basing it right back to God again. They're finding out that it runs right back again. 
from this pulpit spoke a mighty scientist not long ago when I was here. And he was questioning me back in the room about that light, that angelic light that appeared, had it on the paper, on a picture. Why, he said, Reverend Branham, how they put a meter on a dying saint when it was dying and sits off in the room and her knowing nothing about it. And when her death struck her, she wasn't afraid. Lifted up her eyes and asked God to forgive every enemy she had and thanked him for the life that she'd lived. And when that meter was set on zero, enough power raised from that woman, supernatural something that went from her, that caught on to that meter, made out the same thing as a lie detector. That your nerves, you wasn't made to tell lies. You can put a thing around your wrist and put you there and let you try to tell something, and if you're not telling the truth about it, it'll show that you're lying. For it is a pressure on the life that goes through your nerves, the energy, which is the soul of man, that wasn't made in the beginning to lie, but to be truthful. Science has made that to a pattern, a place, that same thing upon truth, while this saint of God died, who had been run from her own home because of her belief in God. They said she was crazy because she accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and believed on him. And enough power come from that woman to send a radio message around the world five times, I believe it was. A power coming off of that dying woman. Oh, on beyond the moon, the stars to the throne of God with that prayer to a sinister heart in the hours of her death. Then he slipped into a man that was an infidel, dying with a venereal disease, and sent a young lady in there to get him all emotional worked up. And then when he got angry with her, began to curse and take God's name in vain, and the meter turned back as far as the other way as the Christian did this way. And the scientist was converted instead of God respects people who use his name in a glorious way in believing that much. I now believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and accept him as Savior. So he said, Reverend Branham, those lights around the Savior and around the saints was not just some mental conception. It was God back in the days like the brass serpent. Now it's scientifically proved to be true. Hallelujah. But that's before they had a camera to take the pictures. That there was power around every believer. The Thy word is true. And Lord, we pray that you'll be with us now in these few words of exalting the Lord Jesus Christ, thy beloved Son, who said, If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Oh, God, help us to lift him up before the people. Help us to exalt him high and say, there he is, as he has has been exalted by the Father. When in above every archangel, every name that's named in heaven, his name is above all. 
When he rose from the dead, he said, All the power in heavens and earth is given into my hands. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Lord, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And the Heavenly Father, in this poor, humble way that I have, yet blessed, that I'm grateful and thankful for it. Seemingly the great angel of God who met me that night stands here at the platform now, warning me, call that prayer line. Maybe something would happen tonight, Father, that would cause many to believe. Then when the service was finished, I prayed, God, that every unbeliever will rush here to the altar and say, Now I believe. Those without the Holy Spirit, may they receive it tonight as they're sitting in the seat. Those who are seeking God, may this be a glorious night because of thy presence. For we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, thy Son. Amen. Strange things work among Christians. Hallelujah. I don't know where you get prayer cards. Now, what was it, Jay? Uh, Jay, we call first part of them. Yes. Let's call about, how many we have, 20 last uh, We had 20. 20. But you did didn't get, you cut them off. Didn't get them all. This lady got you. And then you left the class. Well, let's take the last. Uh, got about 15 to the last night. Or let's call 15 here to start with tonight. Let's take Jay. 85, 85 to 100. Who has J85? Raise up your hand. You have lady? Come over here. Right down here. Who has J86? Prayer card 86. Would you raise your hand? 86. 86. All right, lady. 87. Who has 87? All right. 88. All right. 89. Who has prayer card 89? Are you here? Raise your hand. 89. They have it. 90. Who has prayer card 90? 91. 92. 93. 94. 95. 95. Did I see it? All right. 96. 97. 98. 99, 100. Let's try those for a few minutes. I don't know why. Maybe somebody's in that prayer line would die before morning. I do not know. I'm not seeing something that have a prayer line. Here we go to do it. How many in here that believe it's sick and wants God to heal tonight? Will you just raise your hand while there's... I want to see where you're at. He's here. I don't know why, but it's already here before the music plays or anything. Praise be to God. Tell him this happens this way. I want you to believe with all your heart tonight. I want you to believe for the glory of God. Wish I hadn't called a prayer line. I just sit moving over the audience right now before I even have a prayer line. I'm so thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Oh, I wish I could see this church just this moment break in this great realm here. Every heart in here fall into it. I tell you, the papers would be full of it in the morning. <laughs> it's hard to tell what would take place. People would be coming in from all down in New Orleans and everywhere else tomorrow. Hungry Christians from across the world everywhere be flying in here in the next few days. If everyone could break into this realm now. Oh, I wish I had some words to express it. Uh, it's not me. Now, I'm a man, you see. I'm just a man. But he's God. How marvelous, how wonderful, how glorious, how we love him, how precious he is. I used to sing the old song for he is so precious to me. You believe that, don't you, lady? Do you? What if I told you your arthritis is gone? Would you believe it with all your heart? Would you believe it? Hmm? You believe he healed you? He has. You're already healed. Praise be to God. How glorious he is. There's not a town, aren't you, lady? You're from Grand Rapids, Michigan. You say you're thinking about something, the thing of it is, you're losing your memory, you can't think just right. Isn't that right? That lady said, let's see, you from Michigan, too. Right? What you're here to seek for is a closer walk with God. You're going to get it, don't worry. Your memory's back and you won't have any trouble with it no more. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is here tonight. Have faith in God. Believe it with all your heart. You'll see the glory of God. Don't stop your suffering, ladies, sitting there. Got a bladder trouble and everything. Isn't that right? Like you're healed. Jesus Christ makes you well. Now your faith is healed. Your pain's all gone now. You know that's right. Amen. We don't have to have this prayer line. You don't need it. The only thing you need is a little faith to believe God. If you believe God, God will do the rest of the work for you. How wonderful he is. That's the old man sat back there is wondering about that prostrate trouble he's been having. <laughs> Had an operation, didn't you, Dad? Still bothering you. Don't worry, it bless you. God bless you. <laughs> Just have faith. Believe. Young lady out there that back trouble, she's wondering about what's going to take place with that too. Jesus Christ, make you well. Amen. Ladies, think about that sinus trouble. You want to get over that too, don't you, lady? All right. You're healed now. You can go home. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's here. star. Come, lady. You believe Jesus raised from the dead? We are strangers to each other. I don't know you, but God knows you. You must have help from him right away. You've been to a doctor. The doctor examined you. The examination comes from the breast, the right breast. It's a cancer, and there's no hope for you. 
That's what the doctor said. Jesus Christ died for us. Do you believe it? Praise the Lord In the name of Jesus Christ, I condemn this devil for my sister to be free. Amen. God bless you, ladies. Come, ladies. Perfect strangers to each other as far as I know. Is that right? We do not know each other. I've never seen you in my life. Had a lot of sorrow a few days ago, hadn't you? Some loved one or friend died or something or other. A minister. You've got to grow. Is that right? You believe you're going to get well? Almighty God, I bless the woman in the name of Jesus Christ that you heal her, Lord. Amen. I bless you, ladies. Just someone I'm missing. It's Billy Paul. I don't know where he went, but I, I, I know his spirit. I know what's wrong with him. I, I miss his spirit. Uh, is this the patient? Lady, I'm a stranger to you. You don't know me and I don't know you. But Jesus Christ knows us both. Is that right? You believe? You're here standing for someone. It's a, a sister or a half-sister. She's not a full sister. It's a half-sister. She's just been stricken ill recently. It's a, I believe he said, I didn't understand, I believe he said rheumatic fever. Doctor. You also got a daughter that's sick. She has a fever also. You got a sick son. You want me to pray for your teeth, don't you? Come here. Dear God, who made heavens and earth, send our blessings upon this woman who I bless in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You believe that all your hearts You want to see me about someone else, isn't it? You want to ask me to pray for a brother for a cause of uh, insanity, right? Isn't that right? You got an elderly lady you want me to pray for. She's your mother. She has diabetes. Isn't that right? You need a closer walk with God. You've always wanted that. Never come to the place where you really felt that she was doing just exactly perfectly His will. Would you be willing to surrender your whole life to Him now? Go home and receive what you asked for? You believe if you would do it, make your full consecration, that God would answer your prayer? I do too. Almighty God, in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, bless this woman who I bless in your name. Amen. How do you do? I just love him with all my heart. You shouldn't need no more friends. Just a 
It's just, I, I, I can't explain it. <laughs> oh, what, what do you need? What more can the Holy Spirit do? Just, oh, what could happen at this moment? How do you do, ladies? We are strangers to each other, are we? I do not know you. Only the way that I know to contact you would be God. Through God's mercy is the only way I can minister to you. I'm just a man. You believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, don't you? Yeah. Or you're a Christian. Yeah. You had some sad news recently. Doctor said you couldn't get well. You had a cancer. That's right. You're not from this city. You're from a land with a lot of lakes and Wisconsin. Born. Wisconsin. Your name is Regal. Your first initials is H.S. Go home now. Receive your healing. Don't resent that. Jesus said to Peter, Thou art Peter. Thy name shall be called Cephas. You believe, lady? You have female trouble, don't you? That lady right there has it also. That lady has garter also. You're both healed. Please. 